Hello, and welcome to Ticket to Game Hedge, the podcast that discusses the science of how to get your friends and family to like our favorite band, Fish. We'll share stories from the community on how people discovered Fish and what makes this band so damn special. So join us as we stamp your ticket to Game Hedge. My name is Adam, and joining me as always is my great friend, Kresha. All right, welcome to Ticket to Game Henge. So today we're going to talk about a few things. We're going to hear back on a few uh, top threes that we've done. Uh, but first, we're going to talk a little bit about the things that are associated with the great music memory or, or memories in general. So we were just telling a story about the first time uh, you bought a famous album, Kratio. So why don't you tell me about that? And we'll talk a little bit about how other factors can contribute into your experience. Yeah, so I mean, the purpose of this, right, is... I think there's more to getting people to love this band than just playing the music, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's excellent. They're tight. They know what they're doing. You know, like I get all that. The songs are awesome, this and that. But like my, my hypothesis is that the more you can stack it into a great experience, the more likely you are to, you know, to, to get somebody on board or to get somebody to be a fan. And I mean, right. you just look at experiences in your own life before, you know, I was talking about, um, you know, one of the, the albums that had the biggest impact in my life, especially like young, like I was, what are you, grade seven, uh, 11 or 12 was Led Zeppelin three. And I remember like the whole day, I remember waking up, I remember going to the mall. I remember being like, oh, you know, I heard Led Zeppelin at a, at a Toronto Blue Jays game of all places, like for the first time. And I was like, oh, this sounds really cool. I should check this band out. And I remember getting it home and Immigrant Song is the first song on that album. I'm just being like, oh, yeah, it grabs you right away. Right? Ah. You're just like, this is the fucking, you know, and you're just like, like even right now, like I'm getting, I'm getting goosebumps. You're just thinking about it. Right. So I'm thinking, okay, you know, and then I remember, and you can tell your, your end of the story. I remember when we were chatting about, uh, you know, going to the fish show, just about how like, it was more than just, you know, they played You Enjoy Myself before the set break, right? After Long Boy, when you're like, oh, shit, they're going to end with Long Boy. You know, everyone's going to the bathroom and they bust out. You know, it was more than just that. It was like, you know, trying to like hop sections during ACDC bag, right? And having a nice night and having that kid do a face dive after taking one puff of a, of a joint in front of us, right? It was, it was these things that make you be like, shit, you know, this is great. I want to experience more of this. Yeah, I think it's a great call. There are, I think, a lot of factors who you're, who you're with, where you are, uh, what you're eating, um, the whole flow of that day, the arranging of the rides and the parking and the hotels and, you know, having all that plan come together. Because it's a lot of work when you think about planning to go to a show. And that was a local show. We didn't have to, uh, you know, really travel over the border or go too far. It, it takes some effort and planning. Um, but there's, but there's a schedule of events of that day that just kind of come together. And for me, when I look back on that, it just was, was a build as the day went on, we're getting closer, it's getting closer to showtime, see more and more people gathering, you see more of the, uh, I guess the typical, and we'll talk about these people, the typical fish fan, you can spot them a mile away, uh, see more of those people gathering and then finally getting into the show and the start and the release it's uh yeah you know i when i when i go back and hear uh that show or songs that were played at that show it it takes me back right and it makes me want to bring that excitement to other people um 
is there anything else that's like that? Like when I think about movies and I think about books, I think there's things that I'd like that I otherwise wouldn't have liked just based on the situation of when I either heard it or saw it. Like, so is there a terrible movie that, go ahead, sorry. So here's the, I think here's the interesting question, right? Is it the emotional state that produces the memory? Cause I mean, it, it's, it's scientific that like high emotions, you're going to remember things more or does sure. the event produce the high emotions that create the memory and the love, right? So it's, cause one of them, you can, you can set it up for success. That's, that's why I'm interested in this, right? Cause yes, of course, like you remember when you remember things based on high emotions in your life, like whether it's like really bad, whether it's really good, right? And, and art, um, art is, 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 is important, right? Because art is a, a, a selective recreation of reality from the artist, right? So you can tell a lot from people what they choose to focus on, what kind of movies they like, like it says a lot about their character. So you remember the bad movies because you're just like, oh my God, and you remember the good movies, but you remember them because they were emotional times. Now, were you emotional because, you know, Star Wars 9 was like the worst Star Wars that ever existed and you're pissed like I was? Or, right? Or well, hold on like, a second. Is it actually? Did you watch if you it? Were to rank, yeah. If you were to rank them one to nine, that movie yeah. would be ranked ninth. You don't think Attack of the Clones would be? Come on. Um, so here's Come the thing. On. I didn't. Here's, okay. But here's the thing. I had no expectations around Attack of the Clones. Okay. Right. That's We're fair. bringing this trilogy together. And I love The Last Jedi. I thought that movie was awesome. I'm like, oh my right. God, they changed everything. Everyone got blown up. The bad guy died. It's different. No, no, forget it. We're just going to go back and, and we don't want to piss too many people off. God forbid, you know. Mm -hmm. Anyways. Yeah. I did. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I think it's an interesting thing to keep an eye on. And I think as we, as we meet new people and learn about their stories, I, I'd be really curious to see how much Me they too. equate those other factors into their experiences, it, you know, or even when uh, we get to talk to people that have been to hundreds of shows, how much can they distinguish their well, it's, favorite it's, from, you know? Well, it's why I brought up the, in the show notes, it's why I brought up Emily Nagoski's book, right? Mm -hmm. So Emily, so this is a book, I mean, this has just been awesome. Like for, you know, if, if, if you're into sex at all, especially with like a partner, this is just, yeah, I know, me too. <laughs> But hey, man, you know, different strokes for different folks, respect. Uh, but this is a book that was game changing, right? Because they're, at least for me anyways, right? So I, I want to be really respectful around this topic. So just, you know, this is me growing up. And I think this is most, you know, typical, uh, you know, males. There's, you can't understand sometimes, right? Why um, your partner doesn't want to have sex. You're like, I don't understand. This is fun. You know, you're so hot. You know, I don't think I'm bad looking you know, it's, it feels good. And yeah. she was the first one that brought up like this idea, at least the first that I read that, that like you have like a sexual accelerator, right. Which mm -hmm. like heightens your desire to have sex, but you also have breaks, right. Which are like, I don't want to do this. Right. And the average woman, right. And, and, you know, typically has a more sensitive break than she has accelerator. Right. And men are, most men are the opposite. Most men are all accelerator, all accelerator, right? They, we just want to move forward with this. But for women, it's more about creating the environment. It's making sure that the kids are taken care of. It's making sure that the work is done, right? It's making sure right. that these things that, that, that people stress out about are completed so that the, that desire for sex can naturally come through. Right. So what, when I'm, you know, when you're thinking about fish or creating an experience, I think those things are reasonable to try to recreate for the other person. 
interesting. Okay. Right. It's like, okay, so we're going to take somebody to a show and you know, you, basic necessities. You want to make sure there's some drinks. You want to make sure everybody's safe, you know, mm -hmm. stuff like that. But then like, and that's why you remember those other things. That's why they added to the experience, right? It was like, oh my God, that kid totally did a face plant, right? And we met that guy like with like one tooth in his mouth that really loved Mo. You know, he couldn't <laughs> stop talking. Right? Do you remember that? <laughs> I did it until now. That's, exactly. that's funny. Right? Shared like, experience and a... you took something different away. 100%. He's just a great person, right? I'm like, like you know, so it's, it's stuff like that. I'm like, I wonder... You know, and it, if it's like that for sex, I wonder how much of that crosses over into creating other experiences for people. You know, like it's really tough to, it would be really tough to go to a fish show and have a good time if there's like real big family stress in my life. I'd be like, I really need this solved before I can enjoy my time. Yeah, I think it's a good point because obviously in order for, for you and I think anybody to really truly enjoy it, you have to let go. You, right. Yep. You really have to be in that moment and not and not have to be thinking about paying that bill or changing that diaper or whatever it is is going on. You want to to quote Eminem, you want to lose yourself in the music. Right. Oh, nice. and, and, you know, oh, yeah, I like that. OK. Um, I do like Eminem. He's awesome. Yeah. But but I think that's definitely true. I, I am interested to to hear a little bit more or learn a little bit more about those other factors because because as you know i am i'm actively trying to persuade my wife into enjoying fish more we're making progress i will say so we so we watched dinner in a movie a couple of weeks ago the um i'm gonna space out on the date but it was the end of the summer 2019 tour a really really great 3.0 show and oh the um, one in uh, in maryland Right. Yeah, so we so so to put it into perspective or to kind of paint the picture, we didn't we didn't sit and hundred percent just focus on watching fish. We played Scrabble at the dining room table while that while that um, video was on, and also to back it up, I've been playing fish every night when I give my daughters a bath. I have two little girls, as you know, and uh, I've just been playing whatever show I'm listening to. I put it on the counter in behind, and we play fish. Um, and towards the end of the bath. Megan comes in to get ready for ending that bath. And I've noticed more and more lately, bobbing of the heads, when the girls come out of the bath and she's holding them in, in the towel and drying them off, there's more dancing and there's playing around with the girls while Fish is, is playing. So maybe that's a happy accident, but I'm hoping that that attachment is gonna start to come together. You know, when she thinks about happy bath time, holding the girls, dancing around, attaching that with Fish, if that's going to potentially lead to something. So, so I think the, if I can, so if I can just interrupt for yeah. one second, try it. Just interest. I mean, consistency is key, right? An interesting experiment would be to play the same songs or the same albums, right? So that that song starts to remind her of I'm bathing the girls, which is a hot, which is a great memory, right? We're not going to be able to bathe our kids forever. There's going to be a time when they're like, can you just leave me alone, dad? You know, like that's coming. <laughs> It's crossed my mind. <laughs> I'm like, right. Should I? Yeah, totally. Right. So, so maybe, I don't know, just the thought. You, so you're almost kind of talking about Pavlov to it, not exactly, but to a degree, right? The attachment. Yeah. And it's funny. We, I don't know if you've ever watched The Office. Have you seen The Office? I love The, I love the Office. Yeah, so we just watched the episode where uh, every time Jim reboots his computer, it makes that <laughs> sound and he offers Dwight an Altoid classic. So I wonder if I can get there. Like every time, you know, Karini starts. She just gets excited because it's, yeah. So, um, so, so, so that's been really, really good. And when we were watching, um, 
and we were watching dinner in a movie a couple of weeks ago uh, when Ruby Wave started. She went, oh, I know this song. And I went, yeah. And she goes, yeah, I think you've played this for me before. This is the really long version, right? And I was like, okay, something's starting to stick here. She kind of knows it nice. a little bit. and um, Yeah, so it's definitely happening. I, I, I think it's a bit of a marinade. It's a bit of a slower slower burn, but... Uh, 20 years, buddy. How's that, for a, How's that yeah. for a marinade for you? That's okay. Hey, whenever it happens, it happens, as long as it does I, I also... I also think I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to speak without thinking here for a second. I, I think we're also on the tip of the iceberg for why most people have the fondest memories of fish when they're younger, right? I think this is mm -hmm. one of the reasons why the nineties holds such love is because we had much different lives in the nineties. It was like, yo, you feel like going for a week. All right. You know, no big deal. We're not working. Who cares if you take the week off? Like it was much easier to plan. Now there's like, there's real things at stake, you know? Yeah, I think it probably for many people kind of takes them back to a more um, free time or more innocent time. Yeah. You know, we always so. say that it's the best years of your life and you and often don't know until they've passed you by. But yeah, I'm sure the nostalgia has a lot to do with it and trying to recreate a memory that you can never get back again. You can't recreate that same thing, I'm sure. But I think... Um, you know, new, new memories and, and pushing through that is just as important. You know, I, I don't sure. just rely on that. Um, uh, I do have an interesting topic that I want to talk about at some point, and that's um, a 1.0, 2.0, 3.0 F. Mary Kill. You know what F. Mary Kill is? No. You have to fuck one. You have to marry one. You have to kill one. So you typically do it. Amongst... Fuck a song? No, but... A generous, so if, I know it doesn't make any sense, right? So that's what, so I was thinking, like if you explain. So you have one point oh, two point oh, three point oh. You have to you have to marry one, you have to kill one, so you're never gonna hear it again. Yeah. And then you you have to, I guess, have sex with one, which doesn't really make sense with music. But my take on it is, I would I would marry three point oh, because I find it's the most um, uplifting. Uh, it's the most surprising. There's the depth of the, the catalog. You're going to hear a whole whack of things and you're going to be able to explore more of fish. And I uh -huh. think I would, and I think I would have sex with 1.0. Uh, <laughs> if that makes any sense. And then I guess if I had to, because machine, sex with machine gun trade, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Well, that's it, right? It's, it's more of a, it's more be of a torrid, torrid love affair. That's more like, uh, a carnal and uh, animalistic versus you know 3.0 yeah i could live with 3.0 for the rest of my life and be and be super happy um 2.0 it was short and sweet and short and short-lived um and a bit trippy and a bit out there and that's, that's probably the part that i would kill out but i'd be curious to see if i could find a way to frame it up for people to engage with that debate because i think it would be a big debate because of how we feel about 3.0, I know it's a bit of an unpopular opinion. So, well, I think yeah. I, I think you're going to get most people willing to kill off 2.0. You know, yeah. I think I think I think we'd I, I don't know, man. I think there's something to be you know I think there's something to be said about some of what happened in 2.0. I think it's brilliant. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's it's uh, it's sad to see Trey, you know, in, in the way that he was, but there's some really good music during that time. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking off the top of my head. I love 3.0. I think I think 3.0 is awesome. About your question, man. About oh, your okay. question. I just I just don't want too much dead air time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
but I think I think yeah. that's I think that's an interesting thought. Yeah, yeah. I I listened to the July twenty seventh, twenty fourteen show yesterday, the uh, Tweezer Fest show. I listened to that yeah, on yeah. the way home. Yeah, that uh, yep. that second set is just just incredible. Holy that's God. amazing. It's amazing, man. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, so, so, so th- some things I floated out on Reddit were a couple of top threes that I put out there. Uh-huh. So uh, I, I put out a couple of weeks ago the top three animal songs. So there's a definitive top two based on the responses I got. The third. Antelope and lizards. Yeah. Yeah. Antelope and lizards. Uh, for sure. I thought I'd see a little bit more possum in there. I thought I, I was surprised to see uh, a few a few titles. And there was some that I was annoyed that I didn't think of like bug isn't one that I necessarily considered an animal title, but I, but I love that song. Oh, um, somebody dropped, somebody dropped McGrupp and I was like, Oh, McGrupp. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. 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 It's uh, yeah. And you can't go back and change, right? It goes with the rules. Once you pick your top three, that's it. You're stuck forever. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Set in stone. Yeah. So, um, but another interesting one, because I know for me, uh, uh, when I saw some of the answers for the top three venues come through, uh, a wave, a wave of jealousy came over me because I haven't been to many of these venues and I want to go. Um, so no surprise, MSG, Madison Square Garden. I, I, I don't even know how many shows they're up to now. I think they're at 60, 60. plus nearly. Yeah, 60? 60 plus, right? Yeah. Holy moly. Well, I know in between me and my mind, when Trey's talking with his dad, his dad references that who would have thought that he would have played MSG 54 times. And that was in 2017. I, and I don't know if it was before or after Baker's Dozen, but either way, up to 60, 70 times. So MSG was definitely in there. Uh, Hampton, ha- uh, absolutely. Really small venue. I didn't, I didn't realize it, it, it didn't hold nearly as many people as I thought, but it looked like an incredible venue. And the shows that have come out of there are legendary. Um, and not just a single show. I think similarly with MSG, you have to go to a weekend. You've got to go to two, three shows to really, really absorb that. Um, uh, Dix was another one that came up quite a bit, um, which has been the Labor Day weekend staple for the past, what, 10 years or so? I think since 2012. Uh, you're the then, numbers guy, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the Gorge, which you're going to be going to next year. Oh, still- I don't know, because of, this, because of this mess, you know? Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Well, the NFL, they just announced they're canceling the 2020 season. So, yeah, it's sad, but um, tickets still hold up. So hopefully um, it's going to be a sad day on August the 11th and 12th because that would have been when we were going to be in Hershey. But what can you do? It is what it is. So, all um, right. It's, I, I just think it's pretty cool that you talk about – let's, like, pump the brakes here for a second. Because other than The Dead, I, uh, uh, I don't know of, uh, of any other band that has, like, an affinity – for like venues, right? Mm. Where like people are hyped to see fish at a certain venue because they know that it's going to, they know that it's going to rock. Right? I would like say, that's just, it's crazy. Yeah, I would say, so being, so being a pretty big Dave fan, um, uh, more formally than, cur- than currently, there are, there are a couple venues with them that spark some interest amongst the fan base. And I would say the couple that come to mind would be SPAC, Saratoga Performing Arts Center. Um, uh, They always bring a different level of energy to those shows and the Gorge. Typically, while Fish is at Dick's for Labor Day weekend, Dave is at the Gorge for Labor Day weekend. So, um, but again, very, very different, just a different level of energy. It's not like there are 
you know, back catalog songs that they haven't played in years that, that, that they bust out. They don't seem to have that ability the way that fish does. Uh, but there's just a different level of energy, a couple of surprises that you otherwise wouldn't see. But from what I understand, the, the buzz and the atmosphere at those shows is lifted because simply because of where it is and all the you know, history of those venues that they've had up to that point. So what's a surprise? Like when you say that it's a surprise for Dave Matthews, is that like playing a song they wouldn't typically play? Cause I'm not a fan. I'm not really a Dave Matthews fan. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say like in their, in their catalog, they have, you know, a couple hundred songs in a given tour uh, over the course of the summer. If, if they play 40, 50 shows, they probably rotate between 80 to 90 songs and they're a little bit more predictable. So you can, you know, if you've been paying attention to, to the set list over the past three, four days, you can predict out of the 20 some odd songs in a show, like I'd be able to predict anywhere from 10 to 15 that are pretty much guaranteed to be played just because yeah. of the rotation and where, and where they're at. Other things are within the show. You can, um, if you pay attention to set lists and the guitar that Dave's playing, you can get a sense of what song is coming next in the order. So I can say, oh, okay. this is going to be Gray Street. This is going to be Billy's. This is going to be whatever. Um, but to answer your question, yeah. So they'll take the 60 to 80 regular songs all tour. And then at the end of the tour in at, like at the gorge, they'll bust out four or five. They haven't played in a couple of years. Right. So and they're not that rare. It's not like they're going back to the well, like, the, you know, they're not going back to 1991 tunes sure, that have sure. on the show. And the, and the jams, I know that, I know that it's all type one uh, jamming, but they, yep. I'm assuming that night tonight they play, you know, different solos over the, over the, the chords, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and it's pretty, uh, again, if you know the music, it's pretty predictable who's going to take the solo and who's going to go where uh, with it. But yeah, if anything, the big surprises come from songs they haven't played in a long time that they're going to bring back into the rotation, which sometimes happens at the beginning of a tour as well. Um, still still really good energy, just not as unpredictable, I guess you could sure. say. Yeah, yeah, so but good nevertheless. So yeah, but yeah, I don't know if any, I'm, I'm sure there are other bands that have an affinity for the big venues, but um uh, I don't think it's on the level of fish. That's for sure. Forget, forget the, forget big venues, just like any venues, you know, like I, I, I understand. I don't listen to, Oh, that's not true. Actually. Uh, like EDM DJs do for sure. Mm. You know, I, and I mean, I'm okay. Well, let's be sure. I'm sure Pearl Jam does too. Right. So anyone that has like a good live performance, I'm sure there's venues where they like to bring it and they go on tour still, you know, it's more about touring, like any band that tours, right? Like that just goes on tour versus, you know, follows the predictable cycle. Okay, well, I put out an album. Now I'm going to tour because of this album. You know, it's like okay. summer tour. Any band where you talk about summer tour, summer tour, fall tour, winter tour, right? Holiday, holiday yeah. showcase, whatever it is. I'm sure they have their venues where, uh, but now it sounds like I'm totally changing my mind as like I'm thinking more about this. <laughs> <laughs> do you think there's a chance of any of any new like not obviously not a tour but do you think there's a chance that we'll get something new during this time like from the band i mean the album came out april 1st but do you think there's going to be a recording from the barn some sort of a live performance at all so trey said no up? right trey oh, said okay. no yeah i'm pr i'm pretty sure and i get why it makes total sense he wants to play live music in front of an audience and i get that you know, especially from somebody who's like referenced a million times, you know, about how the energy and what's happening around him influences how he plays. Sure. 
right? So you have somebody that's really observant of, of what's happening around themselves and, and they need that to, to create the music that they want to create. So no, but I am predicting that the amount of new content we're going to get from them and new music is going to be like next level. Yeah. You know, because yeah. pretty much all the summer tours canceled right now. What is there to do? All there is to do is to get together and, and start creating music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And last week or a couple of weeks ago, some pictures kind of floated out there. of um, uh, Mike and Trey in the barn doing something. And uh, hopefully, hopefully that'll lead to something great. I mean, it could be songs that they've been playing for the past 20 years that they're finally going to record. <laughs> well, look at the look at the stuff that Trey's put out for free, like on, on Instagram. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I'm like, oh my I, God, this is amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, he's one person that I wish I could just step inside of for a day to see what, to see how that brain works, you know, to walk around and to hear sounds and you see him like hitting wine glasses for percussion and different things. Like how, like how that creative mind works. Cause my mind doesn't work like that. I'm good at taking something that already exists and dressing it up and making it a bit better. You give me a blank canvas or blank piece of paper and say, go. I don't know where to begin. I, don't. I disagree. I disagree. I disagree. I, I think, I think mm-hmm. first of all, you are, you're comparing a, sounds like at least a 50 to 60 year process in his mind. Mm. Right? Perhaps. So like, I don't know, man, listen, you, you know, I, I, I think creativity is one of those things where culturally will you believe like it's some gift, you know, mm-hmm. that like, comes down from the gods but i you know from from what i know and and the creative people that i've had the pleasure of being around number one they think about that thing all of the time there's an obsession yeah right there's a there's an there's an excellent earl nightingale um uh, audio called the uh the strangest secret in the world and the whole audio is you become what you think about most Right. So like he, I mean, you know, you, you have these stories of like them going to like him and Fishman going to Greece to be like beggars on the street, panhandling for music, you know, writing, you enjoy myself and Harry hood. Right. Like it was just literally on their mind all of the time. Right. So you can't right. compare like, now I'm going to be a musician. You can't compare three days worth of work to 60 years worth of work, dedication, focus. Right. But I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think we all have the same talent like in terms of how high we can rise, but we can definitely learn how to do the, we can definitely learn how to do those things. Yeah. Obviously there's something to be said for hard work and dedication and perseverance and, and all of that stuff. But I agree with you. I I, I think, um, and maybe, you know, you can apply those things to different elements of life. I I just think when it comes to creativity and creating something out of nothing, I Uh just, I've just never been able to really do that when it comes to something that's artistic and creative. But nobody, but here's the thing, nobody creates something out of nothing, right? You don't, new ideas come from melding things together, Mm -hmm. right? So like when you want to like, when you work in your wood shop and you're like, I'm going to create this, you've seen something like that. And then you've seen something else kind of like that. And now you're going to put the two things together. And And that's where new comes, and that's where new comes from, right? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, so maybe it's just my lack of musical ability. I don't play an instrument and therefore it's tough for me to understand almost like another language. I suppose. But yeah, so what I think about like being, being able to, I guess, have that ability by stepping inside of that body for a day to be able to pick up a guitar and play what comes to my mind. Like when I hear jams and I hear them going, it, to, to me, it sounds like 
I can only equate it to somebody who can speak another language. Or as you're talking, I'm not thinking that far ahead as I'm speaking, but the words are coming out anyway. It's got to be the same when he's playing the jam. He kind of knows where he's going, and it's just and it's just another conversation, I suppose. Sure, I I think that's one of the reasons why they are what what why they are where they are is because they have really interesting things to still say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Good point. You know, like I, th- I think they are where they are. I think the the reason that so many people, you know, the reason we're recording a podcast about a band is because, you know, that's why they just have a lot of interesting things to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's um, so layered, so layered. Like I, like I can, I mean, you know, like you can deep dive on a song for fifteen twenty minutes, and learn about the history of that song and the lyrics and what it's all about, where it was written and why it was written, or all the different theories about where it came from and what it actually what it means. means. Sure. That's the best. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was reading up on um an ICU and how how many times the name of that song has changed and why it's called that. And yeah, it's incredible. You can waste a ton of time doing that, which is a good time to do, I suppose. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else from you? That's it for this week, my brother. You've been listening to Ticket to Gamehenge. If you like what you heard, please subscribe. It helps us a lot. You can also follow us on YouTube and Instagram. Thank you for listening, and stay safe.